Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, ho, ho, ho. It's that time of year again. Hello, Power Partners. It's a wonderful life, and it is the season to be jolly. Welcome to our Power Hour. This is Star Style, be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are Charity. We're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So turn up the volume and get ready to party with us. We want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to actually being the star of your own life. Our miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity that brings you this program You can actually make a donation through the PayPal Giving Fund, and PayPal is adding 1% to all donations through the end of the year. So if you go to uh, paypalgivingfund.org and type in Be The Star You Are, you will make a difference for us. This is from one of my favorite speakers and authors, Norman Vincent Peale. And the miracle moment is Christmas waves a magic wand over this world. And behold, everything is softer and more beautiful. How right is that? Yeah. (laughs) I know. I think that, you know, everyone seems to love the holidays, despite sometimes a bit of the stress. So we're going to be talking about a lot of great things today. We're going to celebrate Hanukkah, Christmas, and whatever you celebrate. And sometimes it's those little gifts that are the most difficult to find. In our Tea for Two and Health Matters, Heather and I are going to talk about some unique stocking stuffers as well to stay healthy without the sniffles for the holidays and maybe even a little bit of um, holiday lore. Then I will also talk about how you can overcome some of the stresses during the holiday time and experience more joy in the world. We want you to bounce back from being a Scrooge to being more like Santa 
And uh, finally, we have a little fun, a, a joyful kind of uh, letter because, you know, kids are asking about Santa. Is there a real Santa? And we're going to read a heartwarming story about the magic of childhood. So very exciting day as we celebrate the holidays and decorate the Hanukkah bushes and Christmas trees and, of course, have Santa's sleigh bells ringing. So, Heather, <laughs> what kind, let's start uh, with our tea for two. First of all, you know, besides this being the holidays, it's also kind of the advent of cold season. And we tend to find people, I mean, the weather is colder and people are indoors in heat and then they're outdoors in the cold. And uh, there's a lot more people with sniffles and kind of, I don't know if it's flu symptoms or what. Or do you have any secret remedies that we can all do to try to keep us a little healthier during this fun time of year? Uh, well, secret remedies, one, I would just say for this holiday season, first thing first is go get uh, your flu vaccine. Um, we always talk about a lot of times things are included with your insurance or it can be as little as $20 and often places as CVS or Rite Aid, they will give you a voucher for you to need some kind of 20 to 30% discount within their store after you get your flu shot. So not only do you get your shot, it's going to help prevent you from getting sick and possibly other people, but it also gives you some discounts on some potentially maybe some good stocking stuffers or little goodies that you could buy within the store. And I, guess what? And I, I used that, actually. I got my flu shot, and my flu shot was free through my insurance. They gave me a 20% discount, and with that, I bought all my holiday lights. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's really, really an because it was little, a lot of money for holiday lights, and 20% was a big back. Deal. Yeah, so it was perfect. Um, other thing, too, I am so uh, keen on always keeping hand sanitizer with me as well as a hand moisturizer, um, especially with those cold months. It gets incredibly, um, uh, you know, difficult onto your hands and your your extremities of uh, just kind of getting cold and, and cracking. Um, you don't want your hands to be painful as well as you don't want those cracks to be more susceptible to infection. So um, I'm really clutch about having those, you know, little uh, hand sanitizer as well as keeping lotions. Also, keeping those little wet wipes in your bag. Definitely, if you have any holiday travels going on, especially uh, trains and planes, uh, your own automobile will be fine if you want to get that crazy, but the best thing is the first time thing you get into um, if you're traveling on a train or a plane is to wipe down the surface area of those little trays the, um, that you eat on. I know it sounds silly, but just taking you know, a little white nap, you don't wet nap thing, you don't have to make a big scene of it, that's going to help eliminate a lot of uh, bacteria. Also, bring your own magazines when you travel. You know, that's a really a good idea because we never think about the trays. You know, we don't think about the trays as being dirty. And I remember one time you mentioned about the magazines, and I never had thought about that. Well, no, that's something, you know, whenever I, I go to the, the doctor, I always like having a giant purse bag that contains many things in case, um, in case I'm stuck waiting for a while. I feel like I always have something available for me, whether it's to read or go over. Or I never just have a, a time. Um, that's usually the biggest bummer when you have extra time and you think, gosh, the things I could be doing. Um, but a good thing, especially if you are having to go into uh, the doctors for various reasons, maybe just to get your flu shot, um, is to bring 
bring your own reading material or at least be cautious of it, of knowing that people are coming into that environment being sick to begin with. Um, and that just that touching of the papers, putting it back down, think of how many people are interacting and you don't know what, um, what quite they might have brought them in. And as well as you know that small children tend a lot to be in uh, doctor's offices. And children, though they are the cutest things, they are also just living, breathing little uh, bacteria germ monsters. So keep those right. in mind. Um, <laughs> especially this holiday season because you don't want to start the holidays off being sick and being stuck inside and not being able to participate um, because we know there's so many fun things going on and if you don't feel well, you're not going to be able to participate in those and, and we're already kind of feeling a little depressed with there not being enough sunlight. So try to stay healthy as much as just taking those little precautions each day. Um, I love those. Fun. Those are those <laughs> are very help. Those are very good tips, and especially the one about the lotion. It was interesting. This last weekend, I started feeling like how my hands were getting drier and drier, and I know it was because the weather went down to thirty degrees, and I was doing outside and moving furniture and raking leaves and that kind of thing. And it just it was like it, it. My hands went from being fine to really rough. I know you had said you needed to go yeah. to, the, to the farm store and get that the bag balm, and I thought the mm-hmm. same thing. I thought, wow, I need to go buy bag balm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's those are really right good. No, it's intense right now. I feel that actually my skin is so dry from being up there. Now coming back to Southern California where it's crazy sunny again. Um, but yeah, but again, it's just the, de- the difference in the temperatures and those are sort of things that are going to affect your body and your body will go, you know, kind of be working overtime and things, overcompensating for it and not getting to re- the real things that needs to be working on, um, which is your immune system. So just kind of taking over your overall health and you'll feel much more comfortable as well. Well, that's important that, yeah, we want our comfort. So good. Okay. So those are some ways that we can stay healthy and avoid Yeah. So, and the other thing too, you were talking about now, now saying that everyone goes and gets their flu shot. Um, same thing with that extra little discount thing of getting really cool stocking stuffers. And now we're kind of a family now that we've reached that age that there really isn't, uh, many things that we want more. I feel that the stuff I ever need, I just get it when I need it. Um, there's few things that I, oh, you know, when you're a kid, you're hoping you're going to get these certain items. Uh, we're much more into, you know, having the travel, the memory of that if people can get the time off just to have that weekend or that day together, that means the most for us. But it is still kind of fun of just having a stock, you know, of having the tradition of having a stocking and just putting fun little things in there. It doesn't have to be expensive. People can't get crazy with it. But it is sort of that um, area of you can really have fun. It's sort of known that there's going to be some wild, maybe sometime um, almost more uh, gag gifts or just kind of silly. There's, I feel when it comes to the stocking, um, it isn't that it has to be this real classy thing. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have to have useful and purposeful things in it, but there can be really fun items you can put in, just small, tiny things. And keeping it under $50, I mean, you could be, go up to 100 I mean, you could even do under 20 but also keeping that it isn't just junk. You want to have fun stuff in there, but not just, oh, okay, cool. So there's so many fun little things you could put out there that are kind of kitschy um, but neat as well as usable. So the fifth, there's, uh, I won't go over all 50, but each year um, they release 
the top 50, you know, new coolest stocking stuffer ideas and just kind of browsing for it. There's some things that I think are kind of really cool. Um, one thing is these little hedgehog dryer balls. So I don't know if you've ever used dryer balls, um, but they're these little kind of looks like What's a ball. A, I don't know uh, what a dryer ball is. I know you put the, I know those dryer uh, sheets that you use, so, but what's a dryer um, so ball? Dryer balls, they look, it looks almost like a giant bouncy, like a, 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 a bouncy ball. No, I don't say giant. Like the size of 11, probably. Um, like a, and like a t- those two, um, and they're usually made of like a silicone. And what they're supposed to do is when you put them in the dryer, and they're, they are usable and forever, basically. Um, but what it does is it helps break up the static, um, and it saves you money, basically, on those on uh, those static dryer sheets, especially if you have any potential allergies, and it helps just kind of unstick the clothes. Um, and normally, it just looks like a little ball, which is cute, but they make these really cute ones that look like little hedgehogs. Hence, they said that they have these little bumpy fillings on it. So that's something that actually is usable. It's money-saving for someone, and it's fun, and it's kitschy at the same time, oh, too. Oh, cute. I like um, it. Another thing, too, our big tea for two, we are such, uh, you know, tea lovers in general also, is to put a tea infuser in it. Now, those just, you, they come in all different, you know, sizes and extensive, but things that are um, range for under $10, about $8, I've just, uh, I know you have a few in your uh, little tea drawer there. Um, are those and they were gifts that, from you, and I love them. Yeah, tightly yeah and the, the fun thing is there's nothing beats truly loose leaf teas, and if you can find a coffee shop or even a a specialty tea shop, which is truly the way to go, Um, a fun idea would be to get a little scoop of fresh tea. Um, Maybe, you know, you could add a fun name to it, or if there's maybe, you know, a friend or someone that just loves this, you can also put a little cup with it. Um, But then putting this little infuser in, and that allows them to, if they want to kind of create their own teas at home, uh, putting these infusions in. Also, um, little notebooks, super warm socks. They they make a funny thing. Sorry to get back to the tea thing. I just um, saw and remember another one. They make um, a little infuser that looks, it's called the manatee, like the little, the, the mammal, the manatee. And so it looks like a little manatee animal is, is peeking outside of your, uh, Teacup or your coffee cup, but what it's what you can't see what it's bus doing in the morning in the in the water is that's where the tea is. So it's infusing oh. your tea, but it's this cute little catchy thing, and it, it's that's only three dollars and fifty cents. Super cute, super you know, not one of those necessities in life, but it's a fun little thing to have in your stocking, and it actually does serve a purpose that someone can use, and it's a conversation starter as well. So it's fun exactly, I like it. Um, another thing, especially keeping up Christmas and the holidays, just kind of have, I, I feel over time, at least in our family, uh, we're really big about kind of being silly, putting on animal hats, having theme nights, costume nights, dressing up, um, big, you know, the ugly Christmas party thing is sweaters is really big in this time. Another thing that's important when you're having your parties um, is, especially if you're drinking wine, which who isn't, is keeping your glasses marked. A lot of times there'll be those little wine charms or little name things. Um, so not only do they have pens that you can write and find a design on, but they have these cute little stickies um, that can be little lips and especially the mustaches. And they have these mustaches in all different sizes and all different kinds. And what happens when you put them on, when someone's drinking, you kind of have to get that 
picture perfect or put just right. When someone's taking a sip, it looks like the mustache is on them, but it's just on their cup, and it's not ever, it's, it's halfway down on the cup. It's never actually even touching the person. So it makes hilarious pictures. It's fun. And then also you can identify um, your cup by which amazing mustache you have. So um, <laughs> I have a quick question on these mustaches because they're so popular right now. I mean, mustaches everywhere, you know. I mean, with the, t- not tattoos actually, but the fake tattoos and all that. Where did this come from? It's been popular a couple of years, you know, people putting on fake mustaches. Do you have any idea? Well, you know, I think the thing, I think in this last, uh, the big thing for the millennials, I guess, I don't know if that's what this current trend thing is playing, is the hipster, how you said the hippies, but now the hipster kind of is, there's so many things that, the, the, the ironic, the thing that's funny, the ugly Christmas sweaters, in a way they're not ugly, actually the ugliest one is usually the coolest one at the party, the one that's the most bizarre, the most of, oh my God, I can't believe that exists in real life and makes it the greatest thing. So the thing with the mustaches, I kind of almost became this rebellion sign. And, and then in uh, no, November, as you know, that it's a big thing to celebrate uh, men's health and men growing out uh, mustaches um, in, in favor of that. And then it kind of just became this thing of that mustaches are really funny, silly, awesome things. It's sort of like unicorns, too. It's this sort of embracing something that's, fun and it becomes and it takes on so many different things so um i think there is just sort of this silly playful thing that's just largely commercialized and i think it's great i love it (laughs) okay i like it i do i think it is really fun too and when you talk about the sweaters i have several of those sweaters in my closet i could probably win an ugly sweater contest but of course the thing is is that i used to think they were really really cool And no, and you know the funny thing. Uh, to me, they is, are still cool, but now they're in the know, ugly category. And you know, category, are, and you you know, know what the I mean? Thing is that before, and you just have to own it. Of like, oh yeah, I'm just. It before when people would be rocking their Christmas sweaters, it was because they were feeling festive, and exactly. and they, you know it was almost like the more the wilder the sweater, the more festive you were being. Right. And it wasn't right. looked as tacky. It was just like, wow, you've got a lot of Christmas spirit because there's. Santa on a unicorn with a blowtorch and your your thing lights up. You know, it's all just crazy. And yeah, you and, and your sweater sings to you too. You know, exactly. <laughs> and now and now we look at it and we think it's funny. We think it's awesome, but we think it's funny too. And I think the thing now that when people when you see people wearing it, it is that in that way that they want to have a crazy, a funny, a silly shirt. But that is a way of being festive. It's almost for the people um, that, you know, the festivists for the rest of the people that say, oh, you know, I'm not into the holidays, almost that they're too cool for school to dress up. But in a way, they are actually super excited and they love this. So it is that whole satirical thing that goes round and round that they're trying to be anti-holiday by wearing it and just being cool. And actually, they're being the coolest of cool by wearing the ridiculous. um, Well, you know, it kind uh, of reminds me of like big hair, how... Back in the 80s, I think it was, or early 90s, big hair on women, you know, big poofy was like really in, like Texas hair. And we yeah. thought it was just the greatest. And now people wear that, you know, for costume parties. So, I yeah, mean, it's fashion it- goes in and out. And I think that's what's fun about it is that new generations are embracing different trends, but... In a different way. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I mean, and just as you brought in, as you said, with the 80s, is that um, there was this whole thing kind of before that, excuse me, um, 
why we have themed parties, why we have 80s parties, 90s parties, is a way that we're wearing the loudest thing of that fit. When you look back, not everyone, you know, wore tight spandex and teased out hair, but those are the things we think of. We think of those really big memories. Um, so that's why it fits perfectly uh, with the holidays when we think of Christmas. I mean, there are some cute, there are some not-so-loud ones, but that's what we think of. And so we want... For parties, you know, no one ever says, you know, let's have a mediocre theme. You want the biggest, you want the loudest, you want the most fun. And speaking of fun at your holiday parties, uh, doesn't matter what uh, what exactly you're celebrating, but the tradition of mistletoe. Um, as I know that uh, you're, you know, you're a big green gardener with that thing, and and uh, how our kind of our history started with that of being a makeout thing, and and as you probably know that it's um, even. This, this mistletoe and the berry things, it's actually technically um, not a fungus. Yeah, it is a it? fungus, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, it, well, it's, it's something that it's not... It actually exactly, kills trees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, that it's actually not a good thing for the plants, that it's a parasite. That's what I was to Yeah, parasite. It's a parasite. You're right. on things. Um, but, and then the funny thing is just like, uh, you know, flowers being pollinated, um, a lot of times how it's spread, you know, onto the trees, how the mistletoe spread is from, uh, bird poop that, uh, they'll, they'll travel with it, they digest it, it goes on that, and it spreads onto the trees, um, thus creating more. And um, it attaches itself actually just as like host tissue and grows out on the branches. But then again, there's the, the positivity in us of finding something uh, beautiful and maybe something not so uh, not so nice. Uh, and then other things, you know, just about mistletoe and it's uh, kind of fun little things is that as we always think of it is mistletoe is that symbol of love, getting caught underneath the mistletoe, having to kiss someone. And originally before that when you had to, when you were under mistletoe, you would pick off a little berry until there was no berries left. Now I don't think anyone does because they're technically considered poisonous as well and there's good right. things that they don't want. It's so, it's odd that we we have uh, such um, dangerous things at Christmas time as well. Um, and But it's something interesting too, um, that uh, mistletoe actually uh, promotes wildlife and although it is poisonous, so um, to humans, uh, which as you know that some some Sometimes uh, there's many flowers in the garden that are beautiful, but you have to be cautious um, of what you know pets you have or what wildlife is around you because right, like the naked ladies. I love my naked ladies, but they're in the belladonna family and they're very poisonous. <laughs> yeah, so that's why well, deer, no, so, else well, exactly, eat them. Well, exactly, just as you said. So, but um, but sort of that whole circle of life, you know, of how oftentimes you know, things are dying out or, or things that we find to be a nuisance, um, we really do need to know all that information of, of uh, that butterfly effect of how things, how things are spread and how there is definitely a reason for all these particular creatures and uh, plants because other animals need it for their whole chain of command, for their circle of life. Um, and a great thing with mistletoe is why it helps promote life, what I was saying is that birds spread it, um, is it provides a great source of resource for many of these birds. And birds rely um, on the plants and butterflies that lay their eggs on it um, to use it for their nectar. So bees get um, an important part from mistletoe is they can get some of their flavoring, they get some of their pollination from it. Um, I'm unknown, I don't, I'm unaware of 
what uh, mistletoe things, how that can affect honeys or uh, taste-wise. I just know for certain things for avocado um, honeys, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but avocado honey, it looks like it's like black and tar. And oftentimes, um, many farmers, sometimes, you know, when they source out fields with, with bees and beekeepers, um, that they're not exactly stoked to have the bees or the, um, excuse me, the avocado, the beekeepers aren't stoked to have the avocado fields because it gives them such this dark flavoring or this dark color, but the flavor is amazing. So I'm unaware of what mistletoe could do, but I do love just the smell of pine in the house, and I love the look of what mistletoe does and all the fun little things that can create for your party. And just overall, I think it kind of creates that sweet symbolism of love and, um, and good memories and cheer that Christmas time. Well, and next year, next week, we'll give you a little bit of the history of mistletoe. So that will be fun. So that will, this conversation will be continued. So Heather, I love the, uh, how all your tips on keeping away the sniffles so that we can have a healthy holiday, as well as your new neat uh, stocking stuffers. And those were very fun and all these little animal things and your information on mistletoe. So this is a very good start to our holiday weeks. And we hope that everybody is looking forward to uh, the chubby guy from the North Pole coming down to visit or Sinterklaas or whatever your days of Hanukkah, whatever it is that you are celebrating. So let's just wrap up this segment and give out the websites. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And we also want to let you know that you can help Be The Star You Are without spending a penny if you've ever purchased a TV or a computer screen. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time to fill out a very simple uh, form and click submit on your website. And any unit that you have had between 1997 and 2007 uh, gives a donation of about $20 to be the star you are wow. and you'll get a tax receipt. And uh, to be the star you are really, really thanks you for that. So you can go to, uh, if you go to our website, uh, be the star you are.org, you can see the, the direct link. Or you can just get it at donatedirect.net forward slash be the star you are. CRT and between each of the words there's a hyphen. I know that's kind of a lot to remember, but if you went to go to donatedirect.net and type in be the star you are. So uh, that would be so helpful uh, if you do help us out. So when we come back from break, we're going to have more of our holiday joy and information, and we'll be talking about how to keep the stress away. You are listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Hello Whitney. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more Jingle Bells. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the... Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. 
Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in the Thank you. We're so glad you're staying with us. Yes, it's our holiday show. The holidays are here, and we know that St. Nick is just around the corner. Children are getting excited. The stores are decorated. The lights are up, and already holiday cheer is being celebrated. I know right now, you know, it's like I'm when I'm at home, I've got a warm fire burning, and I already this weekend put up, uh, I've got all my lights up and, you know, decorations, and I'm really in the spirit. So I wanted to bring you some of that spirit. So before we talk about some of the stresses that can happen at this holiday season, I wanted to give you a little background on Jolly St. Nick because many people don't know how he evolved. And he was actually a very slim Mediterranean because it was in the 4th century that St. Nicholas of Myra, which is now modern-day Turkey, he was a bishop and he was really known for his generosity What he's famous for is he threw a bag of gold through a window, or it could have been a chimney, but most people say it's a window, as dowries for three poor sisters who uh, were facing uh, eviction. And then on the day of his death, which is December 6th, they still celebrate St. Nicholas Day in Armenia, Austria, Germany, Netherlands, and other countries. Usually children put out their shoes or their socks on December 5th, and St. Nicholas comes and visits. Then in the 17th and 18th centuries in the New World, which is here in the United States, the children of the English colonists, they encountered many other immigrants and learned that Dutch tradition of setting out their wooden shoes in which Sinterklaas, which Sinterklaas means St. Nicholas in Dutch, would leave presents. And then they also heard of Chris Kindle, which was actually a female German gift-bearing angel, who would, you know, bring presents. But the English kids mispronounced the names as Santa Claus and Chris Kringle. And that's how we got uh, from Santa Claus. We got Santa Claus from Christ, uh, Christ Kindle. We got Chris Kringle. <laughs> so 
it's just interesting how languages can do that. Then in the 19th century, the Santa narrative fills out, uh, and actually this is when his belly started to grow because um, Washington Irving wrote Knickerbocker's History of New York, where Santa Claus slides down, um, well, no, he had a flying chimney. That's what uh, Washington Irving um, wrote about, a flying sleigh, and he became kind of a fat man. And then Clement Clark Moore wrote The Night Before Christmas, which we might, uh, we might read in the next um, in, in one of our segments. And then uh, Christmas, at that time, he was sliding down chimneys. And then he started monitoring kids from the North Pole. That was author Thomas Nast, who did the Harper, uh, Harper's Weekly Cartoons. And then Jolly St. Nick leads to the first department store, Santa, taking um, up a, a, you know, a seat in a shop in Philadelphia because in 1897, the New York Sun responded to an eight-year-old letter with the famous words, Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And you've probably heard that many times. But in 1912, the U.S. Postal Service actually provided an address for all those Christmas wish lists. So if you wanted to write to Santa Claus, you write to Santa Claus, North Pole, Alaska. And then in 1931, who actually made the iconic Father Christmas look? Well, it was none other than Coca-Cola, who uh, solidified the look by decking them out in a corporate colors of Coca-Cola, which were red and white, and then they added a big black belt for an ad campaign. So that was how the Santa Claus came to, to look like he is today. In 1958, this I thought was, it was interesting. Well, actually, in 55, Due to a typo in the Sears and Roebuck company catalog, kids who were trying to phone Santa via a hotline, they ended up ringing the Continental Air Defense Command. So in 1958, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, they sent up a Santa cam to track St. Nicholas's Christmas Eve ride so all the kids across America could find out where Santa was when. Now, today there's actually a, an app that you can go and a site. You can check it out, noradsanta.org, N-O-R-A-D-Santa.org. And then 1994, and this to me is so funny, and if you've never experienced it, I don't want to be part of it, but I've seen it, and I, was, I didn't know what it was the first time I saw it. The first SantaCon started in San Francisco. Now, it's an overly festive bar crawl where uh, people dress up in their very favorite Santa suits, whatever that means to them, and they get rather rowdy and they revel through the streets and they visit all these bars. And since 1994, more than 300 cities from Atlanta to Zurich have hosted this uh, SantaCon. So if you're interested in, in a Santa bar crawl, I suppose you can look on the internet and you'll find something. And then uh, this year alone, you know, kids are still believing in the jolly, jolly, happy St. Nicholas. In New York City alone, the number of letters to Santa that have arrived at the post office is about half a million. And so it's very wonderful that we are continuing 
this uh, wonderful love of Santa and more than anything, the goodness of giving because that I think is what is most important is that at Christmas, just as at Thanksgiving where we're, we are gra- grateful for things, at Christmas time we don't only show our gratitude at Christmas, we are also happy to give gifts that will bring people joy. So if it is the holidays, and it is right now, or it's your birthday, or you're celebrating a retirement, or uh, an anniversary, or something, and you just don't feel happy, maybe you even feel miserable, what can you do to get out of the blues? Now, this is something that many, many people feel. So, you know, you're not alone if, um, if you're not thinking that this is the most wonderful time of the year. If you don't feel great, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, what's wrong with you? But the answer is probably nothing because scientific research confirms what you probably already know, at least in a subconscious level, is that many happy occasions are precisely when you're most likely to feel anxious or overwhelmed or even sad. And while it's true that so many people are frazzled during the holidays, it's women that are really affected. In fact, 44% reporting that they're more restressed and irritated than usual during the holiday season compared with just 31% of men. And this is according to a consulting firm, Greenberg, Quinlan, and Rosner. Now, my, my take on that is... I think women feel more stressed because it usually is up to the women to plan all the holiday festivities. You know, they're doing the decorating, they're doing the Christmas shopping, they're doing the cooking. They have to plan, you know, the, the Hanukkahs, the Christmas Eves, the Christmas Days, uh, whatever, travel. So I can see where that is. I know with me, when my kids uh, were young, it, you know, I mean, well, actually still today. I mean, I did all of the shopping, and I, I worked with Santa directly to make sure that things happened for the family and um, stayed up to make sure that Santa came. So, <laughs> so I, that is a little bit on the stressful side, and, and you'd get pretty tired from it. But most festive or commemorative periods involve change. And see, when you have change, even if it's a positive change, that has a potential for stress. When you're stressed, the four things that created a life, which are in exercise, spending time with people you care about, are usually the first things that have to drop off your priority list. And then what's more, we tend to have high expectations for certain life events and set ideas about how we're supposed to feel in particular situations. But the very act of telling yourself, oh, I need to be happy. I should be happy. I can't be blue. What that is actually doing is intensifying your negative feelings. This is called cognitive rebounding. Now, in my acting classes, when I'm coaching people, I will say something like, think about your feet. Well, if I don't think about it right now, what you're thinking about is your feet. If I said to my engineer, Matt, you know, uh, think about white polar bears or think about white polar bears, I guess. I bet you he would see a white polar bear in his head. So, right, Matt? (laughs) So, attempting to ignore or repress any emotion, it it just works the same way. So, you have to move past the melancholy by giving yourself permission to feel whatever it is you're feeling. So, it is actually powerful to say to yourself, you know what? I'm not having a good time. This isn't pleasant, 
but this is part of life. Now, once you've done that, so you're going to start noticing some minor shifts in the way you think and act and in your uh, state of mind. So here are some, some um, kind of times in life when you might feel anything but celebratory. And you can expect um, that the solutions that can help you bounce back, they're all within you. But, you know, you just have to understand that you're in a slump. So the first, of course, are holidays, birthdays, anniversaries. So if you are able to pick up on other people's emotions and expectations, it can, you know, it'll help you because this is how our species has survived for several hundred thousand years. But even when you have that idea of what other people are feeling, the emotional intelligence that can make you feel bad especially during times when others are expecting certain reactions and you don't react as they expect you will and you feel you have to fake it you know, until you make it. Um, this is uh, something that can lead to depression. So women's brains have more gray matter in the area where there are mirror neutrons. And this is from um, the, um, a, a postdoctoral researcher at UCLA and it, this was written about in the upward spiral using neuroscience to reverse the course of depression. So what happens is these mirror neutrons, those are the brain cells that react to other people's actions as well as their own. And they may make women more susceptible to mimicking and absorbing the expectations and emotions of others. So if you are in a complicated family dynamic that makes celebrations even more difficult, you're going to maybe feel more uh, feelings of grief or loss or things are going to surface during the holidays. If you're going through some tough times, if you've lost your job, if you're, you know, you're struggling to pay the rent or you don't feel that you can put the kind of food on the table that you want to, you're going to feel depressed. So just go ahead and feel it. We all go through tough times in our lives and just know that this is natural. But how do you bounce back? You have to hit that internal pause button. Now, one way to do it is to stop ruminating about the family events, the festivals, or, you know, uh, the eves uh, or the uh, events that you have to put on. If you have to put on any festivities, if you're not excited about embracing it, just don't do it. Just pause. Choose an activity that you do daily, something like um, washing dishes, you know, or mopping the floor, or vacuuming. And then as you're about to begin or end that activity, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and as, ex as you exhale, try to let go of the tension in your body. Centering your attention on a single moment helps you develop an ability to enjoy the here and the now. And that's the key, is to stay in the present. Don't really anticipate. Another thing that really helps is if you write down what you're grateful for. Now, we talked about gratitude before. And, uh, it, you know, and giving back. And that's like if you donate to a charity that you believe in, if you volunteer somewhere, if you just write down things that you're grateful for, you're going to feel better. I, I've said it before, but people always ask me why I'm still a volunteer at Be The Star You Are. And it's because I know how many people I've helped, especially teenagers uh, throughout the country and throughout the world. I know how I mentor the other volunteers. I know how I've increased literacy by donating and um, distributing books around the world. That makes me feel good. That's my reward. And so I'm grateful for that. So if you, um, 
don't realize what it is that you're actually grateful for, you really need to pause and stop and think about it. The reason that gratitude works is that it activates a brain region associated with dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that influences your pleasure, your behavior, and your motivation. And it serves another practical purpose. Happiness is usually linked to waiting for something to happen to you. But gratitude is actually just based on your attitude towards what happens, what puts you back in the driver's seats. And then that means that you're in control, those feelings you're in control of, and those are the feelings that, that make you feel content. And what happens when you write it down, you, uh, it helps gratitude re- uh, feelings actually stick. So women who hand wrote a list of what they were grateful for four times a week were happier and less stressed than those who didn't make any notation of their gratitude. And this is a study that was done this year and published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. So I think that is really worthwhile to, uh, to show your gratitude. Another thing is if you are having another kind of a slump, in it, but you really need to celebrate after you've had a big accomplishment. What happens so often, and I think about this even for like Thanksgiving, I did like an entire week of festivities for the family and some friends and it was fabulous uh, and it was exhausting, but it's, you know, you plan for it for a long time and then it's over and you kind of like have a fall. It's sort of like eating a lot of chocolate or candy and then your, you know, and then your sugar levels drop. It's not that reaching your goal can't make you happy because it can, at least momentarily. But what happens, I think, is that you focus so intensely on that end goal and the process of working towards it. And that is what really brings you the euphoria. But when um, you actually hit it, then you'd kind of drop because striving can become addictive and it's what makes you feel good about yourself. It's common to feel blue after the striving is over. And my example is, I think, when I was writing Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, it was two years of literally working seven days a week. And it wasn't 24-7, but it was probably 27 or 18-7. I got very little sleep. It was, I really did almost nothing else except for take care of the kids and, you know, um, just maintain the house and write, 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 write. And then uh, the book comes out and we hit the New York Times bestseller list. And I always thought once I became a New York Times bestseller, I would just like be so excited that, you know, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. But the reality was, is that it was anticlimactic. And I think it was anticlimactic only because um, of that I had all, you know, I had been striving for two years. And then it happens and it's like, what? No big deal. And there was no party. There was no hoopla. There was nothing. So, you know, sometimes it's the striving. So it's the doing, not the becoming. Ultimately, it leads to feelings of self-worth. Well, so ask you, here's a bounce back thing. So just ask yourself who you are outside your accomplishments. Forget about, you know, where you went to school, what you do for a living, how you spend your sale time. Think about all the positives. Are you loyal? Are you fun? Are you funny? Are you intuitive? Name your core values and that will boost your self-compassion and that'll help you feeling happy. 
So don't be a Scrooge and let your blood begin to boil. Remind yourself that you're just feeling pressured to be happy. And this will trigger brain changes that reduce the impact of guilt, sadness, and all research backs that up. When we come back from break, we'll have just a story about Santa. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We are on Santa's Day, and we are celebrating the holidays. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. So it is the holidays and you might be stumped about what to buy a co-worker or an employee. If you do a little homework, gift giving can become an important tool to enhancing your business relationship. A couple of things that may help is to choose gifts that will remind the recipient of your friendship. Consider the passions and interests of the person by listening to what they like or find clues by peeking at their office space. Some gifts are always useful, such as photo frames, books, glassware, special teas, or coffees. It's important not to overspend on a business gift and to be appropriate in your choices of items. It can be very helpful to shop at a department store that offers a personal shopper. Express your price range, your age, and your personal preferences of the proposed recipient, and then save your purchases for the right occasion. A special gift says, I care about you. It's worth taking the time to invest in your alliances. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information about Star Style or buying any of our books, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in the life Yes, that's Santa's way. I can hear it. It's flying through the sky, going to land on your rooftop anytime soon now. Hope you're getting ready. Hope you, you know he's checking his list and checking it twice. So we hope that you've all been good. You don't want to be naughty, but nice. Well, I have a just a, a, I think an adorable little story to read to you. I actually was reading this in um, in the magazine Real Simple, and it just caught me because I thought how many of us go through this, and it's called. Uh, 
Santa's Dead, and it was written actually by Martin Parr. And I won't read the whole story, but I'm going to read parts of it because it is appropriate for all of us. The year my older son started kindergarten, our third, I learned about St. Nick's Day. Children set their shoes by the fireplace before going to bed on December 5th and wake up the next morning to find their kids in Converse filled with chocolate coins wrapped in gold foil or a small toy or two. It's a mini Christmas, weeks before the big day, commemorating St. Nicholas, the 4th century bishop of Myra. Now, a parent at my son's school told me that everyone celebrated St. Nick's, even children whose families didn't observe Christmas. And if our son missed it, he'd feel left out. And we didn't want that, did we? Well, we didn't have a fireplace, so our sons left their shoes beneath the thermostat. The next morning, they bounded downstairs, dived for the loot, and they each received a pair of flannel pajamas and a yo-yo and some chocolate coins. The two-year-old sat on the floor, devoured his entire stash until chocolate oozed down his chin. But at five, the older one was puzzled. He studied the Christmas tree, festooned with ornaments, but empty of presents. Is this Christmas, he asked. No, it's St. Nick's Day, my wife said. Oh, does St. Nick work for Santa? Or does he work for God? Well, since becoming a father, I've had my misgivings about propagating the Santa Claus mythology. It's not Santa's make-believe status that bothers me, but rather how children are so heartily encouraged to believe in him when they're little, only to have the fable and all the magical thinking Santa makes possible later revealed as a fraud. And I even remembered the day my own mother came clean and I'd had my suspicions because Santa somehow or my gift smelled like her perfume. But the revelation still felt like a betrayal. It felt like I'd been duped by my own parents. And if anything, I'd learned to take for granted how much things cost as well as the effort required to acquire and assemble them. So it was an attitude I'd noticed my my son starting to espouse, and I thought, I'm going to set things straight. So I said to my son, St. Nick was Santa. He was a real person who lived long ago. He protected children. He helped the poor. He was so famous that everyone in Europe knew about him and talked about him long after he died. He died, my son said. Santa died? A long time ago, I said, more than a thousand years. But we remember him at Christmas because a story reminds us to love others and be generous. So my son stared at the tree, the lights, the shimmering ornaments. He looked suddenly wise as though he'd grasped some fundamental human truth about the power of stories, perhaps, and the way fables can tell us something about who we are. I congratulated myself for making the truth plain. I hadn't said Santa wasn't real. On the contrary, I had said that Santa was real. But he had handled it with, by giving me one of his chocolate coins. So I was very, very happy. But the next week, the teacher called. We had some trouble. We're making holiday ornaments, she said. And your son announced that Santa was dead. He said that? Yes, he said that. And several children cried. And I've had parents call. And it was all, my, it was all his fault. So he was trying to think of a way to tell his child that Santa actually wasn't dead and that Saint Nick was the real Santa. But unfortunately, the time never happened. So the good news was is that peer pressure did the work for him. And without further intervention, his son decided to hedge his bets and declare Santa alive again. A few days before school let out, 
My son brought me his Christmas list, scrawled in marker or yellow construction paper, asked me to burn it because a friend had told him that Santa would read the smoke, and smoke signals are faster than letters. Are you sure Santa will get it? Well, of course. He sees everything. So I carried the paper to the kitchen. I dug around for the lighter. I touched the flame. I looked at my son, and as I watched him study the paper as it blackened, I understood why he wanted to believe because believing in Santa is ultimately an act of community during a season when community is paramount. Hoping we've made the nice list helps reassure children that we're worthy, despite their failings and misbehaviors of love, goodwill, and yes, even the presents that come their way during the holidays. It's not Santa's magic that children cling to and need to, but it is his grace. So the good news is, is that it's a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays for all of us. And whatever Santa is to you, we all need to believe. Because if you don't believe in magic, as my family always told me, magic never happens. So thank you for celebrating this holiday show with Heather and I. And we hope that you're with us every Wednesday as we bring you more insight, more information, authors and celebrities to our show. We want to be your success coaches and also have some fun with you. We know you can change your life and make your dreams come true. During the holidays, consider giving a book as a gift because a book is a gift that lasts a lifetime and it can be passed down. We have six books that benefit Be The Star You Are charity, and you can buy all of them right now at starstyleradio.net and click on our store. The money goes to Be The Star You Are charity, and it will help other people get free books for the holidays, including kids at children's hospitals, uh, ARC, A-R-C for the Disabled, uh, Children's Book Service, and many more. In fact, This week alone, we have distributed uh, over 20 cases valued at almost $10,000. So with your donations, it's the only way we can do this. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are, go to bethestarur.org. You can also make a donation at PayPal Giving Fund, and you can click uh, to search for Be The Star You Are, Moraga, California. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And of course, read a book yourself and read a book to your children. Until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And no, tis the season, enjoy the merriment, ho, 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 a very merry, happy, healthy holiday to you. Until next week. you are, the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. 
And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.